0: Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame
1: football podcast from uhnd.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club.
2: It's field down around the five yard line, the kick will come down and Ruggev will take it, takes it at the 12, 15, 20, 25, he's at the
1: 30, after burners around, he-
0: Frank Vitovich and Greg Flamong. Welcome back to another edition of Single High Notre Dame football podcast from uhnd.com. Coming to you a couple days after Notre Dame's latest victory, a 41-17 win over Central Michigan, and coming to you as a duo for the first time in a couple of podcasts as schedules have aligned and allowed my co-host and I, Mr. Greg Flamong, who, as you all know, is the president of the Kyle Hamilton Fan Club and a video analyst for Irish Sports Daily. Greg, how are we feeling post-Central Michigan?
2: Uh, First of all, congratulations to us, uh, Frank. We did sure. it. We, did. we finally got together. <laughs> yeah, um, It's working out. I feel good. Look, look at it. 4-0, uh, oh, right, into the, into the key stretch of the season. Job done on that yeah. up front, right? One thing you could not do is – is uh, slip up before you get to the media oh, schedule God. and uh, they didn't do that. So look, it's, it's, it's a good thing, you know, feel good. Um, and now we'll see what's, what's what with this, with this season. Uh,
0: okay. That's well, a, it's a good way. That is a good way to look at it. I, I will say I, I would assume that a number of our listeners, maybe not as rosy um, coming off of that uh, coming off of the, the latest effort. And I say, I, that central Michigan game was just kind of a, it was kind of annoying.
3: Yeah.
0: Like it was like you know it started off like all right great this is exactly what we need, boom 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 twenty one seven let's get the lead let's look good, you know I didn't necessarily I thought you had a really good point last week like hey this wasn't a game about like hey let's get backups playing for the sake of getting backups playing, let's get the starters looking good going into Ohio State. Because you can't just like, you know flip the switch for Ohio State and say like, okay, well, we didn't play that well last week, or, you know we didn't we didn't play that much last week because we wanted to get this the backups you know rep. So um, you know, good in there, um you know, and and now turn turn it on. So I, I went into this one hoping that Notre Dame would just look good in all three phases. Would have me feeling, you know, rosy and, and, and all and all and all happy. And it was like there there were things in all three phases yesterday that were not great. Like obviously there were some really great things. What was it? five, eight, what was it, five sixty, five seventy total yards or something like that? Um the most... five
2: five sixty-eight, I believe, or five seventy-eight, yeah. something
0: like that. Yeah, which was like the what, the most since twenty nineteen, since that New Mexico game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, obviously, you know, that's good. You know, we had the long touchdowns, love it. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, but it was also like there is like a stretch of that game where I was like, "Why? This offense is like all of a sudden not scoring." Like, and maybe it's just, you know, we got a little uh spoiled when, you know, Hartman just just kept leading Notre Dame to scoring drives first those uh first uh versus those first two um you know, kind of inferior opponents. But it was like the offense had, like, some weird moments. The defense – and I know they were missing starters, but, man, that was some rough tackling that we saw yesterday. And it was like – I don't know. I was just – I was hoping for a little more crispness, and, you know, just going into going into the Ohio State game. And, you know, I get the – it's hard to not overlook a team like Central Michigan and, and, and all of that. But I, I think – that was just my kind of overall takeaway from the game, and I don't know if you could even necessarily take anything definitive, positively or negative, you know, from a game like that going going into um, you know this big Ohio State game, which we're probably going to end up talking about more than, than Central Michigan itself. Yeah. But it was just I don't know, like it was there, there were parts that were frustrating, and I was like, oh, this is new for this for this year, right? Like other mm. years. That was like – that to me was a classic Brian Kelly coached Notre Dame versus Mac opponent game versus like what those first two games this season felt like where we were like, oh, this is a little different. The head coach is being aggressive. He's keeping – you know, he's he's keeping his foot on the gas. So it was – I mean, it it definitely wasn't Ball State, you know, or Toledo because those were, you know, nail biters down to the fourth quarter. Uh, but it was seven points at halftime, which was surprising to me. I did not expect that. Like I, I had dinner plans last night with friends because uh, we went down to Philly and visited with some, uh, some really good friends and they were like 6:15 work. I'm like, yeah, man, this one's going to be over by halftime. It's fine. You know, if I miss, you know, I, I I, could watch some plays, you know, in the fourth quarter on my phone as I'm walking to the restaurant, if I have to, because it's going to be, you know, backups. And then it was like, Oh, Starters were in till what? Five minutes left? Yeah. So it was, it was, didn't expect that. And it's like, okay, whatever. I, I think the, the part that gets me the most about the fact that the starters had to be in that long, though, was all the shots that Hartman ended up having to take before Ohio State, especially since there was some there there there, there were some borderline, if not, you know, just totally blatant dirty hits going on on sam hartman in the second half
2: yeah i mean that part is of everything you just said i think that is the the part i most agree with is like he got hit way too many times and you don't want it like you really want to protect him like i think that the rest of it like so my main point about like wanting them to play it wasn't so much that I wanted – I needed it to look a certain kind of way. Uh, I just didn't want it to be like uh, the Tennessee State game where everyone's out after three uh, three quarters or, or or even a half, right? Like I didn't want that, right? You need the body to be in game shape, yeah. right? Because against Ohio State – and go, as you go forward, like you do need to be building your physical fitness, if nothing else, to get ready for this, for to get ready for the hall. So that was – um, kind of my main point with that, I definitely like the hits were very much. Please stop doing that kind of thing. Right, right. And obviously, you know, they don't obviously don't want him to get hit. But there were a couple of times where he kind of,
3: yeah. I don't want
2: to say invited contact, but like didn't properly avoid the contact. Yeah. Um, and he probably needs to be a little bit smarter. So that part I did not like. Um, but I, you know. Down or like up seven at halftime. You know, it it's just kind of game flow. Like Notre Dame, it's not like they were playing poorly, right? Like they, they had hit the big plays, they had a one really good drive after their after central Michigan's first touchdown. Yeah. They did some things to kind of you know, quote unquote, shoot themselves in a the foot, right? Like you have a play where it's third and ten. You throw short to Holden stays. If he catches it, they're probably just gonna go for it again, but they don't. Marcus Freeman decides to kick a 59 yard field goal. Like it's 21-7 at that point. Yeah. Like I even tweeted about it. Like I, I don't decide. I don't I I don't love kicking it there because no. you can you can it's you're more likely to get fourth and ten with Sam Hartman than you are kicking making a 59 yard field goal. And the right. upside of that is three points. You know right. so I, I didn't, I didn't love that decision in a vacuum, right? Um, so you know, and then you had the long drive, which was like to, the the word you used was good, like it was annoying, right? And I think it's annoying because it's twenty one fourteen at halftime, and and you start to think to yourself, well, what if Notre Dame doesn't score? You yeah. Start the third quarter, and then it's tied. And then you start thinking, like you said, like to all of the past games, all of the, the ball states, yeah. and not even the ball states, but like the Vanderbilt's and the Toledo's and the Marshall's. And you start thinking, like, is this team going to blow it? And they didn't at all. You yeah. know, they gave up three points in the second half.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, they scored on the first drive of the first half or the second half right yeah. down the field. So... From that point on, it was just – it was more annoying than anything. But it doesn't – there's nothing about that game in particular that makes me feel different about the Ohio State game, I guess. And yeah. I don't really – and I don't think it's indicative, but there are some things that we've seen in the first four games that I think are telling. And that informs me about what I think we'll see against Ohio State.
0: oh So – all right, well, we're gonna to want to dig into that. Um, but one thing you said, I, do, I want to go back to as well, is I totally agree with the why are you why why are you making Spencer Schrader kick so many long field goals? Like it's like just because he has the ability to make them and has the leg for them, to your point, does not necessarily mean that it's a high percentage kick. It's it's all, like in a way, and, and of all the like, I think I've said on like every pod we've had this year that I thought like Freeman has done has improved in so many areas this year. But the one thing that I that I'm not getting or agreeing with is like he, he's treating like Spencer Schrader almost like an NFL kicker right now, where in the NFL in this you know in 2023, 50 plus you know yard field goals 55. You know, yard field. Well, it's like, oh yeah, this is just what kickers in the NFL do these days. Like, not college kickers. And like, I mean, Schrader has shown like, what was he, two of five on the season now or something?
2: Uh, yes.
0: And yeah. it's like, two the two makes are from fifty, but it's like, okay, cool. So he clearly he has the ability to make it. But if he's going to make forty percent of his kicks, like, why just keep trotting them out there? Um. So yeah, I I did not. I did not necessarily like that at all. Um, Got it, I get, you know what I mean? But it's like, no, like, he's not an NFL – maybe he will be, but, like, as of right now, he's not. Um, And, you know, who knows? Maybe the thought is like, well, hey, we might need a long field goal against Ohio State, so let's give him all the reps that we can get him in a game. But still, um, I I agreed with that, uh, you know, completely, because it changed – it did change a lot, because even if you – Like, you could have just pooch-punted it there. And I don't think Central Michigan was driving 80, 90 yards in that case. You know, maybe they were, but I doubt it. Um, So it's one of those times where his aggressiveness that we've seen this year definitely backfired. Um, And to your point, like, you're going to be aggressive? Be aggressive with Sam Hartman versus That's what I was going to
2: say. I don't think that's being aggressive. Yeah. I don't. Oh,
0: sure. I mean, it's (laughs) It's it's an aggressive— Aggressive
2: is going for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's more aggressive than, uh, you know, punting there, right? Is like letting – being like, it, yeah, I'm going to let this guy kick a yeah, It's order.
2: not punting. That's true. You're trying to get points.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, um, totally agreed with that. Um, but, uh, all right, so let, let, well, let's let start there then because you, you gave a good little segue there. You said there's things you've seen over the first four games that are making you feel a certain way, uh, you know, about – about this this upcoming Ohio State game because I'm sure we'll go back to talking you know Central Michigan things as, as well. But obviously, the Ohio State game is on everybody's mind. It's been on everybody's mind. I think it was clear it was on a lot of the team's mind going into this game.
2: Uh,
0: game day is going to be there. It's you know it's the first of the three big games, which could turn out to just be two big games this year, depending on what Clemson does. The way they've been looking, but. Um, so what are some of those things that, uh, that you were alluding to?
2: Um, I thought that, I thought there would be a higher level of play from Blake Fisher and Zeke Carell,
1: uh-huh.
2: which it's not that they're playing bad. Cause I don't think they're playing bad. So that's not true, but I just, I thought they would be. I thought Blake would be a little bit closer to the level of Joe Alt, and and I think right now it's like Joe Alt is clearly an elite offensive offensive lineman. Yeah. And Fisher and Carell are just good right now. Yeah. Um, That's fair. And so that worries me a little bit because this front is legit. Like they are not. They are not NC State. They're better than that. You know? And not just the front four, but the linebackers as well. Like they're better, yeah. you know? And and so that makes that worries me a little bit. Like it's a little bit I would almost like tilt it towards Ohio State, which I don't I don't think is a very good recipe at all no. for Notre Dame winning the game. Um, so there's that. And then it's it's hard with with bertrand because he didn't play yeah right and i think marist has been has been good this year yeah you know? he hasn't been like special or anything but he's been good yep but I would agree certainly certainly better than last year
0: he's like, flat, def- at least like, at the very least i would say he's flashed so i'm like okay there's something there
3: right yeah absolutely
0: that, there's I mean, there's less running into the wall of yeah, yeah, yeah. blockers and like we saw last year, just over and over and over again.
2: Yeah, that's a good assessment. He He's definitely flashed. He's triggering a lot quicker. He's yes. His reads are quicker. Um, everything he's doing, and he's very violent right now. So that's, that's all good, you know. Those are all good things. Um, I, I haven't seen Kaiser really make plays. The... Bertrand hasn't really made plays. He's made a couple, but not really. And you, you you want more there um, from those guys because like yeah. they they have they have a big responsibility in this game. You know, Ohio State is the type of team that can spread you out and make you play even numbers in the box. And that yep. they, Notre Dame got hurt by that against USC last year. And and if Ohio State tries to do that again, I'm a little bit concerned about that. So there's that piece. And then like. I think the idea was, is that Botelho and Mills were going to take the next step as players, especially Mills, right? Yeah. And it just hasn't happened. No. And that that concerns me, right? And I in th- the rest of it, like, look, I think we knew the corners would be good, and they have been. I, I think the safeties have been a pleasant surprise. I think I would think they are playing better than than I expected them to. yeah. Um, so th- that's a good thing on, on like the positive end. Um, I, I think kind of everything on offense is basically what I thought it would be. I thought, Oh, well, I thought uh, Correll and Fisher, their level would be a little bit higher. Um, everything else is kind of the same. So that's yep. over the four games. It's not any one game thing over the four games. That's kind of where I'm at. It's just like, I, I, I thought we'd get more from Botelho and Mills. And I thought we'd get more from Kaiser and Bertrand and Enzo. Like I, those those trends to me are a little bit concerning. So that's where I'm at.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say, and those trends are probably more than a little concerning going into a game like Ohio State. Um,
2: and I think they're all
0: fair.
1: Well, um, let, me,
2: let me let me just say why they're a little bit yeah. concerning. Just yeah. for because there is a different level. To playing the Ohio State's, oh sure, and, and I'll say the Dukes, right? And and so I I I want to a part of me wants to give a benefit of the doubt to especially the linebackers who I think could come up with a performance, right? Vatelho could come up with a performance, right? Mills could come up with a performance, okay? Um, same with same with Fisher and Correll. Again, it's not like these guys have been bad. It's just you're looking for guys who are like a problem. Right. You know, I don't know if how State's looking at them as like a problem. And yeah. and I just like how many times, though, have we gone into these games and we think if only this guy could put together a performance. And it's just, yeah. I don't think they're all going to, you know, a couple of them might. But true. I, just I mean, hell,
0: remember, know. think think back. I mean, granted, it was week one to week two. But remember how bad we felt about Notre Dame's linebackers going into that Georgia game in 2019.
2: hundred percent. That is all of a sudden we were just like, where were these a guys? Great point. Week? That is a great point. hundred percent true. Um, I mean, like I said, that was week one to week two though. Not week
0: for, you know, well week three to week four, but you know, in, in actual practicality for Notre yeah, Dame, yeah, yeah. week five. Um, I mean, I think they are fair. Like, and I think actually, I think there's a question too about like, if what we've seen and we'll, we'll definitely get to all the questions but if what we've seen from the defense is like a product of you know things being vanilla versus you know wanting to save stuff for Ohio State versus like what it actually is this just the 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 defense um and i mean i think looking at even the, the central michigan game like there were just there were plays to be had that they were just missed and like the tackling was just so. I mean, it was really bad. That was that was one of the worst tackling games, at least watching it. That I feel like in a while. Um, looking at the PFF grades, let me go back. I just had it loaded up. It, I know. I it, actually, it wasn't the, the, as a team. The team did not grade as bad against Central Michigan as they did Tennessee State, surprisingly. But there were just some really big like. Even on, it was um, was Central Michigan's first touchdown, right? They're driving down there, and I think it was Snead. Snead had the back, like, in the hole. Two-yard loss, right? It would have been a two-yard loss. He was there. Just, like, bounced off. And then I forget how many yards the back ended up getting, but it was like they ended up scoring. And you're like, oh, well, probably would have been a lot harder for this team with a backup quarterback in, uh, you know, if they were in second and 12 versus whatever they got. I forget what they got. Um it was like there was that one. There was the one where I think it was Antonio Carter came in on the blitz and just yeah. kind of like ran by the play because he just chased the quarterback instead of going after the running back. And it's like that was perfect. It's like so the the, the plays were there um to be made. They were they were just not made. Um and yeah, to your point, that's it's, it's a little concerning. Um I mean, great, there was a lot of players out. And how how much do you chalk up to all of the backups? that we're in um, you know, contributing to what we saw at least yesterday and for it's us for yesterday, folks, you're probably gonna be listening to this on Monday or Tuesday, depending on when I actually get to edit it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how much would you chalk up to it was, it was backups versus like, Oh no, this is just uh this is what this team is.
2: Um, I, I would say a good amount. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of, of a lot of reserves in the game, right? Like the, the the drive before the um, before the half is over right that last drive like you've got you've got Antonio Carter out there you've got Jaden Mickey out there you've got Christian yeah. Gray out there yeah um you got Jalen Sneed out there who's playing because um, Bertrand is out right um and so Sneed is out there and Kaiser is not you know so it's like you're down Kaiser and Bertrand at that point um, so you know, there, there's a there's a good amount of backups out there, right? Yeah. So it's like, and, and, you know, people, like, I, I pointed this out on Twitter. Just, it was a statement. It wasn't even a, it wasn't anything. It was just Notre Dame's got a lot of backups out there.
3: Yeah.
2: And people are like, What's well, no excuse. I was like, I, I, it's an observation. I'm not making an excuse for anything, you know? Right. Excusing what they're doing or what they're not. I'm just pointing out, like, they got a lot of reserves in the game. And, and, but like, so the level is going to be a little bit less, right? The coverage might not be as tight, right? The the, the run fits might not be as tight, right. you know? Everything, you know, plus they plus minus a couple yards on every single play, right? So there, it's things like that where, you know, they have, what is it, seven or eight possessions in the first half, and they score on two of them, you know? And it's like Notre Dame also had, a few empty possessions on offense to where it's like if it's 35 seven yeah and they score right before half then it's like well
0: whatever yeah that's
2: whatever right you're still going to your dinner plans you know you're you're still out with your friends and you're not caring right yeah
1: um
2: so so there's there's that piece of it and i think i think bertrand being out makes a big difference because everyone is now playing something different Kaiser's playing something different and then Sneed's playing something different. He's not playing a specialized role. Now he's playing a regular linebacker role, right? Maybe yeah. now and now Bertrand and now Kaiser's making all the calls or maybe Maris is making all the calls and maybe that slows them down mentally instead of, you know, triggering on things and maybe they got to be a responsible for a little bit more than Bertrand is right. And maybe it's not a huge Chinese fire drill dumpster fire, but it slows you down just a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I think, and I think that affected Kaiser a lot because, there were a lot of plays where he just looked kind of lost yep you know and look he ended up with 10 tackles but like how many of those were behind the last scrimmage and actually impact plays not a ton right, tongue, right? No. so um, i think i think it makes a a pretty big difference in terms of this game so you know yeah. I, I don't i don't want to excuse uh, some of this stuff but some of it you just can kind of tell like it's a little bit it's a little bit disheveled
0: yeah and so. well, that's where like some of the recruiting misses of the past really come to bite you is that you don't have somebody that you could just plug in because you're like, well, I got to move you know, one players out. So we got to move all these other players around because we don't have somebody that we feel like we could just plop in and just next man in. Right. Because that's yeah. ideally what you want. Uh, but your backup is a freshman who, you know, isn't quite ready to, you know, to make the calls and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it was like I said it was just a really annoying game. Um it wasn't like as annoying as some we've had in the past. Um but it was still like a ah, come on. I thought we were past this, guys. I thought, you know, I thought we were past these 7 point leads at halftime and we were going to But it was also a weird Saturday. Like look at all the teams that struggled. Um you know, throughout up and down college football. Like look at yeah. look at poor look at poor Alabama. Oh, can we no, I don't think anybody – I don't think any Notre Dame fan is feeling bad for for Alabama and uh, the offensive struggles that they are having, uh, you know, right now. But it's like they struggled. Georgia struggled for how long with South Carolina. Um, oh, there was another one. There was actually – there was a couple where, where teams just did not – I mean, I didn't watch the Michigan game, but I saw Michigan was not, you know, running away from Bowling Green until, you know, until the end. So right. it was a weird Saturday. Um, hopefully it's that. Hopefully this team was just overlooking, um, you know, Central Michigan by you know it's almost human nature. Like you know, we've only you know most of the fans have only been talking about Ohio State for how long now? And it's like you know, as much as Freeman preached, you know, oh, we're laser focused, you know, stay in the moment. We you know we we did it. We made sure that they were focused. These like, still eighteen to twenty two year old kids. You know, or I don't know. Hartman is 60 years older than 22. I don't know his exact age, but uh, so
2: we're just human beings, you know, exactly. like, they're, yeah, you, you can't. It's. It, I know they, they coaches want it. You can't be at peak performance every mm. single time, you know, no. Georgia yeah. down 14, three at halftime. Right. Like they come back and win and like we don't care. Florida State.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, the exactly. new juggernaut Florida
3: State. Exactly, it's number against, three all against
2: Boston College. Like, that's struggle bus, yeah. you know? But it doesn't matter. For Georgia, well, it's like, well, they're back-to-back national championships. doesn't matter, sure. right? Yeah. For, and, and I think as fans, we want it to be like, every, we want every single week to be a statement, you know? And every single week can be, but if it's not, we understand, like, okay, like, i don't it, that's that's not how it works like every week is not peak performance right so
0: i don't know greg i don't think it is unreasonable of me to expect <laughs> all of my favorite teams <laughs> to win every single game i ever
2: watched
0: right every single
2: game make every single game the best game you ever played
0: exactly like all the time <laughs> right like the you know, my phillies lost today i was really upset about it
2: right yeah it's like yeah how know? dare they
0: Exactly. Right. You know, I don't care if they won last night, too. I just want them to win every game. Um, But no, it's a good point. Um, I mean, and the good thing is, it's not going to we don't have to wait that much longer, uh, you know, to find out, you know, what this team is and, you know, how much of that we've seen is real. Um, You know, both the the, the good stuff that we've seen is real and how much of the stuff that we're like, "Eh, that's not so good. But is this team just holding back and waiting until. You know, they unleash some things. Um, I mean, it doesn't seem like I thought we would see at least one, you know, one crazy play from Parker that was like, OK, he called that specifically. So Ohio State has to practice for it. They're not going to call it next week. But Ohio State now has to practice for it. I thought we were going to see like one of those. It did not seem like that. Right. I mean, it just it seemed like Notre Dame was like, look, we're going to come out. We're going to take some deep shots. We're going to run the ball. You know what? maybe we have some cool stuff cooked up for next week but we're not even going to show our hand. And that's that's what it seemed like on offense. And for a little while it worked, man. How nice was it to see deep passes, right? Where where I mean we've had some long touchdown passes over the last few years at times, but they're usually like 20-yard passes and 40-yard run after catch. How nice were, was it to see the bomb to Tobias and the bomb to Tyree?
2: Uh, I enjoyed both thoroughly. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. It's especially, it's the diff- the, especially the Tyree play.
0: Oh, that was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful throw. It was a hell of a catch too. Um, cause it wasn't like, it wasn't, wasn't necessarily an easy catch. We've seen receivers. We're not going to name names. We've seen receivers at Notre Dame drop that ball in recent years. Um, so the fact that Tyree had that over the shoulder, you know, in stride, in his fourth game as a as a full time wide receiver, it's pretty impressive. I was actually shocked when I started looking at the the snap counts. How few snaps he had.
2: Tyree, you know what? Yeah. he
0: it was not he, a lot. It was like fourteen or fifteen snaps total
2: He sneakily just doesn't get a ton of reps all the time. He doesn't 14. he he let I'll just check it right now. It's
0: oh just like yeah, how
2: many how many sixty
0: one on the year? Yeah, fourteen. That's,
2: 11, 22, and fourteen. I mean, and fourteen snaps a, a game, like fourteen snaps.
0: That's not
3: a lot. I mean, he
2: has he has sixty-one. Yeah. Great House has seventy. Flores has eighty-nine.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, Tobias has one hundred and thirty-three. I mean, he's. I mean, Tobias has easily doubled him up. Right. So, it, it, but it's hard for him because they've he so. They want to get great house snaps and they want to get the tight ends. So, great house and Tyree have to share with the tight ends, and the tight ends are out there a ton like Mitchell Evans, 158, Holden stays, 147. The only receiver with more snaps than either tight end is Jaden Thomas,
1: yeah, at 165.
2: So, it's unfortunate for those guys.
0: But hey, Tyree's making the most out of his snaps. Um, for sure, he is. Uh, and again, he, he's one that I can see something cooked up for next week, just given you know his skill set. It seems like they haven't really u- they haven't really utilized him yet in a way that I was like expecting, given his background and how shifty he is and how good he is in the open field. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we saw that next week, uh, you know, coming up. How about Rico Flores though? Coming on.
2: That was yeah. a
0: that was a nice performance. Um, I mean he had some nice catches. It, it seems like it seems like they're trying to maybe accelerate some development there with uh, with Rico Flores. I could be wrong, but it just it feels that way. Um, you know, seeing his snap counts week to week and seeing you know them calling plays for him. Um, it's just kind of how it feels, uh, you know, kind of watching it, uh, watching it go through. And what do he have? He had three, got three balls yesterday.
2: Uh, let's see. I think he had he had at least two. Let me just give it the once over. Rico Flores, three for sixty. Yep. Yeah. Six targets. Led the team in targets.
0: That's hey, freshman receivers at Notre Dame catching footballs. Who knew? Who knew it was possible? Who knew? Who knew it was possible? You know what's uh, hilarious too? is ESPN still has Cam Hart listed with one reception for 10 yards even though <laughs> it was uh even though it's clearly Tobias Merryweather. Uh, uh that's just so funny that it, it's still there. I, I would assume they would have fixed it by now. They have not. They have not. <laughs> it's still uh Cam Hart first career Right, first career reception because he did not play that one season he was at a uh, as a receiver. So, oh that's good stuff. Way to go, ESPN. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to chat about too. You know, there's a you know, there's a question about it, so let's just jump into questions actually, and then see where that okay. takes us. Because um, there's one question specifically uh, that I'm trying not to be, you know, tinfoil hat. Guy. But okay. it's starting to all right. Let, let's see. Let me let me go right to it. okay, here we go. Yeah, here's the question that I was thinking. All right. Uh, Clutch Sports Notre Dame it says, Am I the only one who thinks the refs are calling terrible games against Notre Dame?
2: Um I, I well, first of all, I would invite him to um watch I guess all college football. Yeah. Um, they're awful. They're bad. I, I honestly I, I don't think it's a Notre Dame thing. I think they're awful and an embarrassment. And and I don't I, I just when the guy calls it a catch, oh. it's right in front of him. Uh. The ball skips on the ground three times. It's literally right in front of your face. In front of your face. And he misses the call. It, it like to me it's it's one of those things like you you gotta you got to get them out, like you know when they went to the review yeah. and uh, they would look at the, they looked at it on the monitor. Like mm-hmm. I kind of want, I kind of want them to be like, hey, it's not a catch, so stop looking at it. Can you send the guy over here so that the guy in the replay booth is like, don't ever make me look at a play like this ever again, because that's an embarrassment and it's a disgrace. Like that, that cannot happen ever. Three bounces. Right in front of you. It's not like it's hidden. It's just, it's an awful call. It's yeah. it's it's not even say awful. It's just it's it's unbecoming. It's unbecoming of yeah. of, of, of an event like this. It truly yeah. is.
0: Well how about um, the review of the review.
2: Right. And so that's when it's like what is going on? That's when the head ref goes to the other guy. And says, "Hey, don't ever make me look at this again. Like that's so bad. It, it's it's just you don't know how to market. The mark is terrible. They go back and they say it stands, and then they go back again. Yeah, you, you got phantom. You got phantom PIs on Jaden Mickey. We're picking up flags on the on the crosser. <laughs> so sure. Rico Flores, we're picking it up." Yeah. We're picking up flags when they we've got a guy five yards down the line of scrimmage. You throw a flag for it and and uh, it gets it gets picked up. It, what's what's going on?
0: You're not calling you know you're you're letting them twist the quarterback's leg. Uh with, with with Hartman. And I get that uh, I, I know Terry McCauley came on and was like, well, actually in college, if you're, you have to be unabated to the quarterback and tackle low for it to be roughing. All right, fine. That doesn't mean like once you're there, you could twist his legs. Like that is still, like, that's still dirty. That, that would, that yeah. could still be flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct. Um, and you know, it's bad when Jason Garrett is just like, I don't know, man, that, that looks dirty, you know? And it's like, okay, all right. Um, it, it's just, I mean, referees are bad in all levels of football, too. It's not it's it's even in the pros where they seemingly um you know, I would assume are you know higher paid and everything. like they're just, just bad in the NFL. Um, do you think I mean, it, it, I don't remember it always being this bad?
2: I mean, there's just been some really like like loud, high profile like disasters, yeah. I mean, picking up flags when that, the 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 call is correct is just.
0: And I think that's why the where like where the question comes from because it's like like yeah. it, it just feels like this year specifically like games have been not refed evenly from a Notre Dame perspective.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I you know obviously I don't watch every game.
0: This, this um, is where the tinfoil hat comes in. Is the is the <laughs> ACC like hey? You know, make it, make make sure there's just enough against them so that uh, they uh, they they go all in or all out of a of a conference. I don't know. It just it feels unfortunately unfortunately we can't rule it out exactly, right? It, it's just it does feel like this year has been like like every game has been there's been multiple ones where you were just like how on earth are you doing that like to your point how are you picking up a flag for a correct call like what 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 is being told to you that says like okay we can pick this up i i was wrong when you were right so it, it it's been yeah it refereeing and all i mean it's not just football too um yeah, basketball refereeing is a joke these days but anyway you're not alone in feeling that way sports, Notre Dame, it does feel like that watching it, uh, you know, watching the games. Two other questions as part of this one, though, is have you seen it? Well, we've actually, we've we've talked a little bit about this, but have you seen enough from the team to give you confidence that the Irish can beat Ohio State? So we talked a lot about the things that give us some pause, you know, in terms of like, you know, what what might have us concerned, but what about the opposite? What Have you seen enough that gives you confidence that they can win on Saturday against Ohio State?
2: That they can win. Yes. Yeah, they can win. I mean, it, Ohio State is not like uh, you know whatever they're going to be. They are not it yet. Yeah. You know, uh, Kyle McCord isn't. Uh, he's playing. I mean, he played well in the last two weeks, but you obviously he's played one defense that's real, and yeah. uh, he looked not good. You know, I I don't I don't love. Uh, Ohio State to move the ball up and down the field. I don't think their offensive line is that good. And look, at, I, I I do think that Notre Dame has enough, has played well enough to where it's like this is going to be a very difficult game for Ohio State. Um, you know, for as bad as we we want to say Notre Dame has been. Um, I mean, look at when you when you sleepwalk through games. And you you just put up 41 points, you know, you put up 40 plus, you put up 45 40 every on week. NC State. Yeah, 40 every week. Put Program 45 record, on five NC in State, you know, and and it just I just feel like there's there's a performance in them that we haven't seen from Notre Dame. Hmm. And it's kind of like they're right on the cusp, you know? Yeah. And look, I, I think that there is going to be I think Saturday is going to be an incredible atmosphere
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and that has the potential to raise the team up. I mean, look, they're, they're going to play well. There's no way they're getting blown out of this game. No, there's no
0: last year. Didn't last year at Ohio state. Wasn't they? Right. So,
2: so I, I just think they're going to, they're going to be good. And uh, I look, Notre Dame is a good football team. They're a very good football team.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Ohio state presents some significant challenges uh, especially defensively, and you know they they just got to deal with that. You got to do so much better against the front seven than you did last year. Yep. And I think if if, if Hartman has time, I think that the receivers and the skill players, there are enough plays to be made that they'll make them. And if the, if the if the offensive line can win. I don't need it to be like uh, you know, I don't need it to be Clemson. I don't need it to look like that. If they can just win the matchup somehow, stalemate, then I think I think I think they're on for a good one in that yeah. sense. So
0: I mean I've definitely seen enough to give me confidence that they can. Right? Like I mean, it's not like you know going into say Cotton Bowl. Uh, no, sorry, not Cotton Bowl. Rose Bowl. Um, it was in Dallas. This is why I, I call it the the Cotton Bowl, but the Rose Bowl against Alabama in 2020. There, I had. It was probably the least confident I'd ever been going into watching a Notre Dame team. I was like, "There's no chance that Notre Dame is going to win that game." I had. I watched it with friends who were like, "Are you sure you're going to be okay watching this game?" And I was like, "I have." Zero expectations, so you know there's almost no outcome that could upset me at this point. And they were like, "Oh, okay." And then we watched it. They're like, "Wow, you're surprisingly calm." I'm like, "Yeah, because I just i I knew like that team didn't have what it what what it needed to beat Bama that day. And like anything that they could have done would have been you know amazing if they could have you know pulled it off or whatever. Um, it's not that like it's no it's nowhere near that. I think it feels to me. A little I'm gonna go back to 2019 Georgia
3: because
0: mm. that was a game where like going in, it was like, This it gonna be tough. Notre Dame can do it, can they? Yeah, I don't know that you know, I don't know what they will, and I'll see how I feel by the end of the week. But it, it feels kind of more like that game where it's like, you know, they're good, but you know, this team can uh you know can definitely win. And I think the difference is dame has got a quarterback that can make the throws that we saw on Saturday, and that's the difference that makes me feel that way. Yeah. But Last question from Clutch Sports. If the Irish win on Saturday, what place will it take in the history of Notre Dame lore?
2: I mean, it kind of. Uh, that's I
1: think it's too, too early. Determined. Yeah, it's too early. We don't
2: know. I mean, what if Ohio State loses like two more times or something? You yeah, know? like, and then. It, and then, it could be, it be like Oklahoma
0: 2012. Play. Good game. But yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end yeah. of it, like you know, at, at the time it looked like amazing. And we right? don't
2: know what Notre Dame does. You know,
0: maybe also they true.
2: USC and Clemson or something, and it's like, yeah. oh, cool. You know? So I
0: mean, if they win and Notre Dame goes on a run, and Ohio State, you know, also like say Ohio State finishes with one loss, and that's their only loss, then and then yeah, then it's one of the best, you know, regular season wins Notre Dame's had. But I think it's probably too early to know. Um, well, at least one of the one of the best recent ones. So.
2: What I would say though is, in terms of recruiting and the narrative, oh, it huge. would be immeasurable. Correct. Look at Michigan. Look yeah. at the benefit of the doubt they get. Yeah. They got. They've been in the playoffs twice. They went to the playoffs in 2021. And got and lost by four touchdowns mm-hmm. to Georgia. And last year they lost by six to a team that then lost the championship game sixty-five to seven. Yep. I'm gonna say it again. They lost to a team that then went to the championship game and lost sixty-five to seven. Not good. And the look at the benefit of the doubt they get. People rank them two. Why? Yeah. Why? Because they beat Ohio State
0: twice. Because J.J. McCarthy is a generational talent at quarterback, according to Jim Harbaugh. Generational talents these days throw three interceptions against Bowling Green.
2: Why do they get that?
1: Generational.
2: Why do they get that? They haven't looked good. They haven't looked good. Who do they have in the next game? Let's look it
0: up. I'm not even sure.
2: Michigan schedule.
0: I mean, they played nobody this year. They until... played nobody,
2: right? So they got to rebound. They got Rutgers next. Yeah. So
0: Rutgers, that's their, their schedule is, is a joke until... And I then say, after they...
2: that, they've got Nebraska. Yep. And then after that, they've got Minnesota. Yep. And then after that, they've got Indiana. And then after that, they've got Michigan State. And yeah. And then after that, they've got Purdue.
0: Yeah, they will most likely not play a ranked opponent until November eleventh. No. When they've when they play Penn State.
2: No, not most likely. Yes. They that's will
0: true. not. Yeah, none of these teams are gonna be ranked. <laughs> that's There's no not chance. Happening. I was like, maybe one of them goes on a run and sneaks in at like twenty five, but like I mean, none of them look remotely Awful. capable of doing that.
2: It, an embarrassment. Yeah. What a disgrace. Two teams that they could lose to this year. Two.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean it's not even it's like it's marquee. It's just uh, there's nobody like they don't, they don't even have a Duke on the schedule. Right. Oh. Uh.
1: Well. Wow. Oh. We'll see. We'll
2: see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Not Why would they
0: do that? Why would they
3: do East that? East
2: Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. Oh.
0: But Notre Dame doesn't play anybody.
2: But so, but look, you beat if you beat uh, you beat Ohio State. That's what you get. You get yeah. that benefit of the doubt. All
0: right. Well, hopefully we get the benefit of the doubt. Um, all right. Let's move on to some next questions. We got Drew Brennan. Adrew Brennan seventy uh, seven. He is the owner of the Exit seventy seven podcast. Um, says where does F- Ooh, where does Freeman stand on Ohio State's short list of next head coaches? wow um i'm gonna hope not near the top um um uh, I mean, at least because i just i can't deal with that thought of notre dame losing an, another head coach to another college team at you know at this point um but i mean i think it's also way too early to say i mean freeman is still learning his way uh you know here at notre dame and i mean i I, I can't imagine any scenario – well, the only scenario would be, I guess, if Ryan Day leaves for the NFL because there's no way that they're getting rid of Ryan Day based on the success he's had. I don't know. Where would you say? Like, let, Let's say – I don't know. Let's say um, uh, Arizona Cardinals fire Jonathan Gannon after one year. They hire Ryan Day so that he can come in and, and coach Caleb Williams for them. And Ohio State needs a needs a head coach. Where where do you think Freeman would be in that scenario?
2: I mean, it didn't. Uh, I mean, we'd have to see. Like, what is Ryan? What is Marcus Freeman doing? That's true. You know what is he doing? Dame you know, was
0: ten
1: and two. Regular, ten and two regular season. Ten and two. Yeah.
2: Did they beat Ohio State?
0: yes beat ohio state and clemson lose the usc in that scenario would he be at the top
2: who 10 and 2 who's the second loss to
0: i said beat wait yeah oh hey that's right that would have been i was thinking ohio state um oh yeah that's a good point. Um, who who would be then? I mean, if they beat Ohio State, I don't see this team losing two games.
2: I don't. I don't know that they would put him super high, unless, um,
1: unless he well, he'd have to beat Ohio State.
2: I mean, the thing is, is like, I I just I don't know. First of all, I I know he would take it. I know it would be dumb to think he wouldn't take it, but um, it's just it's hard to say, right? Like, there's so much. There's so much that goes on at that point. Like, there's so much to consider. I mean, can you imagine how state?
0: I don't even want to think about it. Can you just imagine though? Like, you just imagine a hypothetical in which Notre Dame loses. The head coach to another college football program twice in like a three-year two-year three or whatever four-year four-year span after never having lost one to another you know for a lateral move like that in history Cool. All right. I'm I'm done with that. I don't want to think about it anymore. I don't want to think about it. sorry, Drew. Great, actually great question, but now it's taken me to a not good place. I'm gonna move we're gonna move on to your next question, which is what would a win this weekend over Ohio State and a bad finish to the year for Ohio State due I oh, should have kept reading it. Due to his position
1: on the uh, you know on the list. Um You go. So in this scenario, he says,
0: um, win this weekend over Ohio State and a bad finish to the year. I don't think. I mean, I think it would move him up hypothetically on their list, but I still don't. They. I. I wouldn't see them moving on from day, unless it was a disaster of a season for them, which I, don't I could see
2: that. I could see them moving on from day. I could see that. But I, I
0: just. Season, oh yeah. I don't know. People how long I mean I guess it's been a while but in, and things have changed but I mean how long do they hold on to John Cooper who just like was tended to you know what I mean like just continually like good but never great. Um, so maybe I guess I don't know I I I still think the the only way is if day were to leave so I don't think it would necessarily do anything like tangible. And he says, and lastly, if it came open in the next one to three years, would you see Freeman leaving for Ohio State? You've already said yes.
2: Yeah, I think he could. I mean, it's his alma mater.
0: I know. But... I know. Oh, I'm going to say no because I don't want to think about that scenario. So no, but that's a cop out answer. I'm going to own that I gave you a cop out answer. Um, next questions from at Golden Domer 28. Why are we continuing to blitz every down and can't buy a sack? Also, interior O-line has me worried now. So I've already touched on the interior O-line, um, you know, quite a bit, um, you know, on this. And I know, Greg, you talked about it a lot. I agree with the sentiment there. I mean, I think you also, we did not really talk about Rocco Spindler, who had a really rough game, um, you know, specifically, uh, I think, in Central Michigan. He's actually the guy that got blown up. On the play when uh, you know Central Michigan went at Hartman's knees um, and didn't didn't grade out that well, you know overall. But we've already talked about that. Um, But I don't think I mean I wouldn't say Notre Dame is continuing to blitz every down. I think, but I do think it is a fair question to ask why Notre Dame sack numbers are so far down, considering the pressure rate has actually been good.
2: Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, why are their numbers so down the pressure rate? I mean, here's the thing. I don't see a ton of like missed opportunities. You know, it's like, oh, he was there, and he just missed him. Like I feel like they're flushing him out. The quarterback is um, the quarterback is is uh, You know, is, is getting out of the pocket he's throwing the ball away they're throwing the ball on the ground and they're throwing the ball in Notre dame. uh i mean it's that like i just don't see them i see a lot of like hurried throws i see a lot of running around. yeah i mean look at i mean thomas harper came and he almost knocked his head off oh. um jack kaiser's got him and he throws the ball backwards that notre dame doesn't recover thomas harper has him again and he's like twisting around and he just yeah. flings the ball that happens to be in the direction of a offensive player, right? Like he's, he, he's just literally just flinging it. Right. Like that's, those are three plays right there. I mean, Notre Dame had two sacks in this game, but like if Thomas Harper hits him and he fumbles and Notre Dame recovers, then everyone's like, I mean, they'll probably just go score a touchdown and everyone's like, yay. You know, that's great. Defensive pressure. And if he comes in again and he sacks the, The quarterback there instead of the quarterback like twisting and just chucking it somewhere, uh, right before he sacks him. Like then it's a sack, and then Jack Kaiser gets him and he hits him and he throws it ten yards backwards. And for some reason there's a receiver standing there to recover it. Like you know that stuff. I think, but I think part of it is like they're getting pressures, yes, and that's good. You want to get pressures, and I don't think like here's the thing. Every everyone is mad on Twitter today. And I don't know why about the sack or the 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 blitz rate, and I'm just kind of like I don't like Notre Dame isn't sending like Notre Dame isn't unsound. Like right. They're sound in the back, and they're sending five, if not less than that. Like they're almost never sending six. Yeah, they, they send six every now and then, but not really. They're not they're not in a bunch of zero coverages. So I, I don't know why everyone is freaking out about the blitz rate. Um I think it looks like they're blitzing more because the linebackers are just sitting there at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And and they're basically spying the quarterback. So
0: it probably cuz the sack numbers aren't there and yeah, that's why I would assume that probably is is part of It's why people are freaking out. Um and it's tough for people to I think cuz yeah, it feels like ah they sent somebody and they didn't get home again, and it's like, you know, what what's the they have on the season? Like six sacks or something? There's not a lot. Uh, uh
2: they have. They had, I mean, I had two in this game.
0: The two in this game, I think they've had two in every game except. Na- oh no, they even still had one in Navy. Hold on, I had it up. Navy, here. they only had one. Uh,
2: I have six. Yeah, six. Six, Six on the
0: season, so it's not yeah. great. It's one and a half a game. I mean, that's really low. It's not as bad as that twenty sixteen season, when what week was it? Like week five when they finally got the first sack. But um, and that's probably why um, seventy
2: one total pressures though.
0: Yeah, that's seventy one. That's not a bad number. You know, it was rock. really good. Who, who whose pass rush I think really finally came out in that game was Javante Jean Baptiste. I think we heard so much about him, you know, like coming in, his his, his reputation was like, ah, he's not going to be that good against the run, but he's probably going to give you a pass rush on the edge. And I thought his first three weeks, I didn't see a whole lot from him as a pass rusher. But because his reputation coming in was like not a good run defender. Yeah. I was I, I was pleasantly surprised with what I saw from him the first three weeks. He was making plays. He made a couple plays in the backfield. And I was like, oh, I thought this guy was not supposed to be good against the run based on every scouting report from Ohio State, um, you know, from his days at Ohio State. But he was pretty good against the run. And then yesterday, uh, you know, against Central Michigan, five total pressures, two hits, you know, three hurries. And he had one that was just so close. Or I think, what did he get? He, he, he definitely um, he hit the arm. So it, it impacted the pass completely, um, and it probably would have been a completion if he doesn't if he doesn't hit the arm. And I'm just looking, yeah, he had an 89.2, um, 89.2 pass rush grade from PFF. Next highest on the team was Thomas Harper at 77.8. So quite a bit, uh, quite a bit higher. Um, it would not surprise me if his first time he hits he gets home is against his old team this weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean he and like the eye test too. Yeah, is is right there. I mean he yep. looks he looks great. Yeah, you know he looks really good.
0: So we'll see. Hopefully hopefully that changes a little bit a uh, little bit this weekend. We have Joel at voluntary Joel forty one says so at halftime of CMU I had to put on the green the shirt to give the boys a boost and they came out and dominated the second half. What game day rituals do you all have to influence the outcome of a Notre Dame game? Great question, Joel. Um, I would say I have similar thoughts. I, I, I will do similar things. Like if Notre Dame's is playing really bad or if I'm watching the Eagles and they're playing bad, I will change at halftime. Um, and then if they play well in whatever I'm wearing, it's like, well, now I just have to wear this every game yeah. until they play until they play poorly. Um, so I think that's a good one. Um, one one very stupid one is I will de- I will make sure that I am not drinking beers from the state of the team that, uh, Notre Dame is playing or that again, or that the Eagles are playing. So this, because we were actually, um, we ended up watching the game like in a hotel room, um, on the Peacock app, which we could talk about, cause I'm surprised there's no questions about that. Um, so it wasn't, it was, it wasn't an issue. Cause it was like, we got there and just started watching. So didn't, didn't have to worry about avoiding, you know anything from michigan like bells or, or any other breweries um you know in, in in michigan but that's that's probably i think my stupidest one that i will like just refuse to do if i know you know like we notre dame is playing sc it's like okay i can't have any beers from california during this game and it's just so it's just this is the rule um it's my part it's what i do um what about you you have any like You know, if you see the if you if if a good play happens when you're out of the room, then you gotta watch it on the smaller screen or whatever that you saw it on or anything like that.
2: Um I used to do I used to have this um I used to have I, I used to be really weird, like if I was watching a game on delay. Yeah. Like if they were if they were winning or like if I checked the score and they were winning. It was like, okay, I can't check it again. Because if I keep I start watching, then they'll lose. Basically, yeah. it was like I can't I have to I can't check the score basically in any situation. If I'm watching, like if I see it and they're losing, it's like I can't check the score. And when I check again, they'll come back. And if and if I check it and they're winning, it's like, well, if I keep watching, if I keep checking, then they're gonna lose the lead because I'm Obviously. watching. And so I can't, right? So like that that was that's pretty common for me, actually. Like that sort of incredible logic.
0: It, I mean, it makes sense. You know, I don't see how yeah. how anybody could find a flaw in, uh, you know, in, in in such logic. But uh, yeah. one of my favorite stories like that is, um, man, back this is years ago. I could not remember the year to be honest with you. It, it it's going back at least ten, fifteen years at this point. Um, this is when I was still living in Philly. And I had a bunch of buddies who were Nova guys who went to know uh, Villanova and they were watching one of the Nova, uh, one of the Nova tournament games and they were playing like, you know, they were playing really poorly. And my buddy went outside, uh, a friend of mine went outside to have a cigarette and Nova started to come back. This guy refused to come back into the house for the rest of the game. And watched it in like through the front window of the, it was his own house. Like watched it through the window of his apartment, the front window of his apartment from the street, um, you know, into the TV because they were coming back and was like, I'm not going to be the one that comes back and ruins it. Um, I thought that was hilarious. Um, So the things we do for our teams, the sacrifices that we make um, are not insignificant. So great question, Joel. Joel, And put that green, the shirt on next week, uh, since apparently it is good luck. So do your part. Uh, Next up, we got a a few questions here from Sean Martin at underscore Sean Martin. uh, First says, hi, fellas, got to be honest, feeling a bit confused. In the past, we've had a lot of penalties or played mediocre or sorry, when we've had a lot of penalties or played mediocre, we won, but by a late score, et cetera. Now we don't play amazing, but we still win by 24. Is that Brian Kelly trauma? Is this what it feels like to be good? Are my standards high now? So that's a great question relative to how we started the pod.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, look, we all saw what Notre Dames quarterbacks did yesterday.
1: Oh my gosh it's
2: It's just the product of like you can you can uh, you can struggle bus a little bit and still do numbers, you know.
1: But it also shows how perfect teams, you need to play. Other
2: teams do that. And how right? perfect other teams. Notre
0: Dame this. needed to play in the past, given the quarterbacks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Man. I mean, or, or it's just like how easy it is for them to struggle because of the quarterbacks. If you have a, yeah. a quarterback that just can't hit the throws, then you can't score points. Like, how many times have we played a team like this? And that exact play to Tobias has been there and they don't hit it. Or that, wow. ex- like, like you, all you, last you, year. You got Braden Lindsey running free and they miss it, right?
0: All, all got- last year. Or the entire first five, six weeks of 2021. Yeah. You, got, when Chris Tyree, couldn't you hit him. got
2: Chris Tyree running free and you miss it. You got Jaden Thomas running free and you don't throw it, right? Like, if you don't hit these kind of plays against teams like this, then you're not going to put up points, you yeah. know? And so, like, I said, it was something that I said on the on the solo pod, like, the, the common denominator between every single one of those poor games against the Mac was poor quarterback play. Yeah. So,
0: and the common denominator every time, almost every time, well, let's say, Notre Dame's lost one of these big games has also been not great or bad quarterback play. Like, look at, yeah. look at Georgia 17. Like, I mean, Wimbush was not great that day. Right. It was it was basically he was he was a runner and that was all Notre Dame was really capable of doing. Notre Dame couldn't really move the ball, you know, passing last year, Ohio State, Buckner hits the what, however many yarder to Lorenzo Styles to start the game, which only was a big play because of the missed tackle. Uh, but, you know, whatever those yards counted. But it's like after that, Buckner couldn't do anything like throwing the ball um, and Notre Dame just couldn't, couldn't move the ball. Um, I'm trying to think what, what what other ones. I mean, even what's actually interesting is that USC game. Pine was actually kind of on last year, but it was like the second he missed one throw, the game was over. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's it's a it's it's probably to answer your question, Sean. This is what it feels like to have a good quarterback. And man, when I saw that stat, who was it? Was it Eric from from Eighteen Stripes that posted it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a great, great, great tweet. But man, it's like. That is just such an indictment of what, you know, for uh, Kelly and then Reese, like just did with the quarterback room. And it's like. ah, I mean, how many times have we said it over the years, like the entire for all of the good of like what that Brian Kelly had done? It was just like 10 years of uncertainty at quarterback. It was like every year. Like very few years of the Brian Kelly era did we go in thinking like we know exactly what we have a quarterback. This is great. It was like what? Like maybe like three of them. Every other year it was like well there's a quarterback competition. There's another quarterback competition. There's another quarterback competition. Where is this going to make a change at quarterback? And it's like ah. And it's most the, the most frustrating thing was like most of those guys like even if you look at the list of the guys who played poorly yesterday that used to be Notre Dame quarterbacks they were all highly ranked and hi- and fairly heavily recruited pine not so much but yurkovich was was pretty highly ranked and he was re- heavily recruited bachner heavily you know heavily recruited highly ranked it's just like it's wild that they just missed on like quarterback after quarterback after quarterback so ugh. yeah ah all right next question though from sean um he says, "If you guarantee three realistic stat lines, that would give you the most confidence going into this weekend. What would they be?" Another really good, Sean. Great questions this week, man. This is a good one. Realistic three. is the key. Realistic is the key because you could be like, "Well, if Notre Dame's plus four in the turnover margin, I feel yeah. like they might win."
2: You know? Yeah. Um, realistic storylines, stat lines. Oh, stat lines. Stat lines.
0: So, like, I would say, like, to me, like, so, I'll, I'll, st- I'll start with, um, and like I said, an unrealistic stat would be like plus four in turnovers. It's like, I mean, possible, but unrealistic. I would say, like, at plus two, I think is realistic. And if like Notre Dame is plus two in turnovers, like, I will feel like I will have some confidence in this game because this is a game where Notre Dame cannot be minus in the turnovers. Yeah. For me to feel good. Yeah.
1: So that'd yeah. be one. That's one of mine. What What, what would another a, a realistic stat line be? Realistic. That's a tough.
2: That's a tough word. Like realistic. Like I'm trying to decide what's realistic here. Um. I think. Okay. Something around explosives. Okay. Right. Like.
1: Notre Dame hmm,
2: I would say winning the explosives battle, right? Oh, okay. I would say that. Like if Notre Dame is more explosive team, then that would yeah. make me feel good and happy. Oh yeah. I mean if Notre
0: Dame is a more explosive team, they're winning.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um honestly, I think I think uh I think that I think pressures.
1: Um winning pressures and total runs. Yeah, I was gonna do one on running. I would say like if, if like for like
0: if SMA if estimate is over hundred, I was gonna say 150 at first, and that, that's a lot. Let's say if he's over a hundred, I'm gonna feel good because last year Notre Dame wanted to run the ball and could not. And that was with trying to use Buckner as a runner, too. So, like, if, if Notre Dame can come out and estimate can run, yeah, this is going to be a game. This is going to be a good game because that means then, you know, Hartman's going to have room to cook. Because if Notre Dame can't run the ball, like, I just they don't have a chance in this one. And that's it's always going to come down to that in a game like this for Notre Dame. If he yeah. can't run the ball, like, as good as Hartman is – He's not going to be able to just do it on his own. Like Notre Dame has to run the ball, so I would say if the is over a hundred, I'm going to feel pretty good. Great question, so Sean. Yeah. Um, we got, uh, I think we got three more. Next one is from Juan Carlos Tefel. Says, "What's the best way to cover Marvin Harrison? I would put Hart uh, and bracket him with a safety. What are your thoughts?"
2: Um, I wouldn't switch sides. Yeah. I wouldn't switch sides. Um, I would have a safety over the top of him Mm -hmm. just generally. I mean, I think the, what you want is you, what, what you do with Harrison is, I mean, look, if they've got him out wide, there's not too much you can do with him. Really. You just Mm -hmm. have to be rolling a safety. If they put him in the slot, it makes it a little bit more easy, like a little easier to deal with him, but they don't really put him in the slot that much. Um, Like if it look, if he's just outside, then it like, usually you have a safety over top or you're sitting there in three cover and you're playing deep with the corner anyway. So like what you do with Harrison, the problem is, and like, this is the problem with their whole offense, right? Like they don't play in a way to where it's like, you can really roll coverage without being completely, um, vulnerable to and unsound with the other weapons that they have. And they have a lot of weapons. I mean, that's the problem with the Ohio state offense, right? Like you just have to, you kind of have to catch them on a day when the quarterback is confused. And that is the bigger, that is how you deal with Marvin Harrison is Mm -hmm. you have to confuse the quarterback and make him kind of feel like I'm not sure what I'm looking at and get him questioning what it is that he's doing out there and what he's looking I mean, it's what they did with Brennan Armstrong, right? Now, Kyle McCord is going to be a better coach football player than Brennan Armstrong is. And he's probably a better football player than him. Just period. Right. I haven't seen a ton of Kyle McCord, but just like, that's probably the baseline expectation that Kyle McCord is a better football player than Brennan Armstrong is, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, that's the, that's kind of the deal you know it just you have to confuse the quarterback and make the quarterback throw the ball where where he doesn't want to throw it you know and you can always and this is the thing with with defensive coordinators and and you know quarterbacks and all those other things the way that you beat them is you everyone has a thing that they don't really want to do and you have to find out what that thing is, and then make them do that over and over again. It doesn't mean you're going to win. It doesn't mean you're going to stop them or hold them or whatever. But you do have to keep them from doing that thing, or you you have to keep them doing the thing that they don't really like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they say in basketball, like make a guy go left. It's not like you. Can, it's not like you're going to shut a guy out going left all the time. But doesn't like it. He doesn't prefer yeah. it. So make him do the thing that he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Well, I can't top that one.
0: So uh top that answer. So uh especially from the 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 resident former defensive back on the uh, you know on the podcast. So I'm gonna I'm gonna we'll go to the next one. I actually have three more. Um so I just I missed a couple. Um but some of these we covered already, but we're gonna read them. So uh we got uh, at Chris Jenkins, as always. Thank you, Chris. Um, It says, were the Irish looking ahead on Saturday against Ohio State? I think we touched on that one already. How good was it to see Tobias Merriweather get a burner to the house? I think we both already said it was awesome. Uh, want to see more of it. Uh, And then it says, the penalties are seriously going to need to to be cleaned up before Saturday. Obviously referencing the legit penalties, which um, I do agree there have been far too many legit penalties that Notre Dame has committed. It says, where else do you see a need to adjust or tweak to have a victory on Saturday?
2: Um, where do they need to adjust or tweak? I mean, here, because here, here's the other thing.
0: And you got to get home. That's
2: going to be mine. You just got to get home.
0: You got to get home, for sure. Home.
2: Especially against yeah. this quarterback, because yeah. other quarterbacks, you know, you could say they've been, um, you know, they've been mobile. Or they, you know, you 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 don't want to bring too much. Like, you have to get home against Kyle McCord. You have exactly. to have negative. You need to put them behind the sticks. Yes. Period. I, I agree. You know, it has to happen. So that's important. Um, that's the biggest thing there. And just, like, look, you have to play better than, like, this has to be your peak. You know, you have to be peaking for this game. You have to play better in this game than you have in the previous four. And I know that's kind of an obvious thing, but, like, that's what they need. It, 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 so, like, all the all the concerns, like, Kaiser and, and Bertrand and Maris, like, they could come up with a great performance. Like, like uh, you, you mentioned the Georgia game in 2019. Shane Simon played the best game of his life that against Clemson in 2020. And it was like so needed, right? Oh
3: it yeah, it can't Here's- happen.
2: Like you can yeah. have a player who just has a great performance in in a big game like that, and and that's what you need, right? Like it's it's not so much tweaks or anything. It's just like, hey man, come up with a big one. Just come up with a big one in a big yeah. moment. That's it. Yeah. You know, and then it'll be fine.
1: All right. I, uh, oh yeah,
0: that's that, that's another good one from the Balt, uh, the Shane Simon game, and then never to really yeah. be heard of again. Pretty well. no, he's at Pitt now. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of former Notre Dame players there right now. Uh, that yeah. game's gonna be fun. Um, all right, we got one more from our, our friend Robert Halicki, who has to get a little Philly troll going on in, as part of his question, but I'll still read it. Um, mm-hmm. he's first, he says, Are we all doing all right? Are we... <laughs> Are we all doing the 1 foot down kids photo comp? Kids photo comp? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure what that one is to be perfectly honest. There might have been something I missed since I have not been up on the other pods these days.
2: It might have been something I missed. Like I miss I listen to all their stuff. I don't I don't know what this is referring to.
0: All right. Well, that's what it says. I'm reading it right.
2: Yeah, no, I got it.
0: Yeah, all right. So, well, right, either one of us. Sorry, Robert. We'll, we'll have to get back to you on that one. Next, okay. he says, Philly is overrated, and it appears wide receiver one ain't having it. Give the give the guy the ball, Frank. Okay. Obviously referencing the 2-0 Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who, uh, I mean, you can't really be overrated in the, you know, when you're undefeated in the NFL, but whatevs. Um, obviously referencing A.J. Brown. Uh, getting a little upset on the sideline and uh, which is an absolute nothing burger considering he and jalen hurts are legit real life best friends so not too not too worried that the two guys who like grew up together and have been friend best friends for life are are gonna not going not gonna work that out so um if that's what you're hanging your hat on mr cowboy's fan that's uh you better be you better you better look a little bit deeper but uh then he says what has to happen for a W against a team we haven't beaten since World War I. I say go aggressive and don't try to be too smart and show off. Let the kids play. That's a good point. I just I mean I one I mean Freeman's been aggressive, you know, all year. I think you got to keep on doing what keep on what you're doing. Don't change anything because it's Ohio State. Like play uh, your play your game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I mean, if you're mean, doing like, something out of, if yeah. you're doing something out of your comfort zone because it's yes. Ohio State, then yes, that's yes, what I, I mean. Yes, play your game. Yeah, right. Like,
0: don't be afraid to run the ball, or whatever it is you want to try to do, uh, because it, you know, because it's them. Don't be worried. You know, you, in, in the instances you've been going for it on fourth, continue to do that. Um, maybe don't kick a 59-yard field goal if you have a makeable, you know, fourth down ahead of you, but. Those are the kind of things I would say. Um, you 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 know you have to be able to do to uh, you know to be able to beat them and like you know what has to happen. Notre Dame's got to have some negative plays that you know look at NC State. That game was close until all of a sudden Notre Dame started just you know creating havoc on defense. Do they? Ha- they're not going to do that. I don't think they're going to do that against Ohio State. But I think they have to be able to create negative plays on defense and on offense. You do have to be able to run the ball. Ohio State has shown time and time again over the last few years you can run the ball on them. So, you know, granted this is year two for Jim Knowles, so you know maybe maybe may, maybe that that that's uh, you know that's going to change. But I think that's what you got to do against a team like Ohio State: hit them in the mouth early, um, and then uh, just keep uh, keep being aggressive throughout.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Last one was submitted via message. Because I had messaged Oscar and told him he still had time to get uh, get his questions in when uh, when we had started, considering it was a short a uh, short notice. It just says, okay, first, it's been thirty three percent of the year. Notre Dame has shown enough to be predictable to plan for, or has Notre Dame shown enough to be predictable to plan for, or there is potential for shock and awe against big time opponent of Ohio State. Ah, that's a great question. I think Notre Dame is not shown all of its cards and Notre Dame has been holding some things that they, that they're going to want to do or that they're going to, that they're going to have, you know, in store just for Ohio state. Not going to be drastically different because you can't go a third of the season, um, you know, and uh, you can't go a third of your season without, you know, being who you're going to be offensively. But there's definitely, there's got to be wrinkles that they are going yeah. to uh,
2: they're going to, they're going to roll out. Would you agree? A hundred percent. Offensively and defensively. Yes, 100%. They definitely have something planned for this game. Um, Ohio State's played three games, right? So they've they've got enough to look at there. They're going to have something specific to what Ohio State does and how they want to attack their team. Um, So that's, you know, 100% true. Um, And I think that'll be the case on defense as well. Uh, But so will Ohio State, you know. They will figure out a way to make Notre Dame play – Uh, left-handed, so to speak. Um, And so that's going to be a battle for both teams there. Um, But yeah, I I think Notre Dame, I think that Notre Dame has shown enough to Ohio State to, Ohio State's going to understand what Notre Dame kind of makes them uncomfortable. But I also think Notre Dame's got some stuff. Agreed. uh, Got some stuff for them. So. Agreed. Interesting to see what that is.
0: See, Oscar also says the big impact plays were pretty against uh, Central Michigan. Are they repeatable?
2: Uh, Yeah. 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 I mean, these yeah. are route concepts we've seen, you know, yeah. just and they were open ev- uh, every time they run it. So just keep running them. Exactly.
0: Um, and what's the best fall time soup, excluding the ones seasoned by future Ohio State tiers? Of course. <laughs>
2: uh, fall time soups. Do you have an answer to this? I mean, does it have to
0: just be? I mean, I guess, does that. So, I, I guess I'll take it as not just like favorite soups because maybe he's saying like there's ones that are more geared towards like winter versus, um, versus yeah. fall. I would say one that I really enjoy in fall is like a good butternut squash soup. It's so, there's so simple to make too. Like, I've made it now a few times and it's just, it's so simple, but it's good. Yeah healthy um feels good when it's when it's just getting a little uh, a little cool outside um so i would say that comes to mind as something very like i don't know i think of like butternut squash maybe it's like fall ish versus say like a good chili or like a good um i'm trying to think like a good chowder or something like that that maybe is a little more wintry what do you got
2: uh is this funny i was thinking uh butternut squash myself there we go. Um, so that's interesting take. Really? Um, no, I, I was thinking that. Let me just think of another one. Uh, I
0: know you're a fan of the chicken tortilla soup because we've talked about this on the pod before.
2: Yeah, but I do love is the chicken tortilla. Right, it's exactly. So and it's not really fall. It's right. not really a fall thing. Exactly. Um, it's kind of like an all-the-time thing. Um,
1: Let me think here. It's... Uh... I mean, if we already
0: have the perfect answer, we already have it. You know yeah you don't, you don't, yeah, yeah. You don't, don't overthink it It's not overthink it
2: <laughs> oh man i would say but another one i like is um this is this might be more like winter but albondigas oh wait I like, okay I like albondigas. it's a it's a mexican dish it's like okay a meatball, it's like a meatball soup meatball rice right.
0: Yeah. This one I need to my my wife's family has not introduced me to that. Oh one. man, you got to gotta get, have some of that. It's they have cool. introduced me to some calavacita, um, which is soupy. It's which I don't know if they consider it a soup. I consider it like a soup or like a yeah. stew, which is really 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 good. um So all right, I'll have to I'll have to ask them, uh you know, for that. Actually, Oscar and I had a back and forth once on. Um, on Twitter about some of the, some of the dishes my wife's family has got me to try and not try. And they really, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, oh, damn it. Now I can't, th- oh, Menudo. That's the name. Oh, menudo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, they, they ruined it because they told me what it was. Like, I would have totally tried it if they did not tell me what it was before. And then yeah. I was like, I can't. And they're like, no, 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 it's so good. And I, but it's pig's stomach, correct? Or something like that. and Yeah. Yeah, no. Once you, once they told me that, I was like, I can't do it. Like if you guys would have, I'm like, I looked at it. I'm like, it doesn't look bad. If you guys would not have told me, I would have tried it. But now there is a mental block that I just cannot get past. So, but maybe this other with this meatball and rice sounds good. I'll have to ask them. Um, because it's getting to be soup season, man. It's the last couple mornings it's been like in the 50s when I take the dog out. It's I put a hoodie on. I love it. It's great. Um, so fall weather is the best. There was one question I missed. It was a follow-up, and it was from Sean Martin, and it was food-related. And that, and Vic, or um, Oscar's uh, soup question, reminded me. It says follow-up thoughts on queso blanco versus standard. Go. Whew. I mean, you all know my, uh, you know how how much I love just kind of a standard queso. Um, I probably only had like queso blanco like a few times i like it you know i don't i don't dislike it i think for me it's less um i don't know i definitely eat less of it i think because it's like i don't know it's it's almost like a stronger it's more just like straight cheese versus like a good queso tip's got a lot of other stuff going on uh you know going 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 on in it um i don't dislike it i would say i i still prefer you know, just kind of a kind of the standard version. Okay. How about how about yourself? Uh,
2: I defer I defer to you on that. I don't I don't have the. Uh, I mean, I like I like the standard as well.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sound like I I like just kind of the main the main kind of deal. All
0: right. Well, you things. know what? Since you defer, maybe maybe one of these years we're gonna need to get a a tailgate going, and I will. I don't know ship a crock pot uh to wherever it is and 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 make some of the the famous famous family queso that i've been entrusted with um because it is so good and with that with that i think that's that that's our last question i'm going to double check i don't think i do not think we have any reviews to read i'm not mistaken no no new reviews after um, after the the, the last uh, the, the influx of them a couple weeks ago, but um, hey man, this was fun where we when we're both yeah. on instead of you know talking to ourselves on these. Um, yeah. I, I'm gonna assume our listeners enjoy when the two of us are on together more um, too than when it's just the first uh, you know or just sorry it's just one of us. But um, oh, I hope the next time we chat, Greg, I hope I hope we are talking about a a huge huge huge. Notre victory because of all the times we've done this. We've only really gotten to do that like once since we started potting Uh after Clemson last year. Other than that, it's been like, yeah, there's been some good games to talk about, but we haven't really had one where we got to really just like bask in the glory of a victory. Um, So let's hope that happens. Let's let's hope we'll, we'll see Uh, for folks listening. I'm sure Greg is going to be throwing out more opinions throughout the week on ISD Check out the Hit and Hustle show. Check out their predictions on Friday. I'm going to have my prediction on UHND on Friday. I don't know which way I'm going yet. I'm still I'm still on the fence. But um, as always, thank you for submitting your questions. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Irish.